The Stoic Jew podcast content for the month of May has been made possible by Dan Horowitz, who has graciously taken up my experimental request for an accountability sponsorship in hopes that this will result in more Stoic Jew content. Hello, I'm Rabbi Matt Schneeweiss, and this is the Stoic Jew podcast, where we explore the relationship between Judaism and Stoicism. Today's reading is from Marcus Aurelius Meditations, Book 5, Chapter 23. Think often about how quickly everything that exists and that is coming into being is carried away and disappears. For substance is like a river that constantly flows on. The action is constantly changing, and the causes of it operate in endless variations. Almost nothing is fixed. And next to us is the boundless abyss of what has passed by and what is about to be, into which all things are lost. How then is he not a fool who gets worked up and carried away over these things, complaining as if they were enduring and troublesome? All right, let's set that aside for a second, and I will tell you why I made an episode tonight. Uh, I was not planning to make an episode, but as part of my Spheres Omer experiment, I decided to try to get back into the habit of journal writing. And what I found worked for me earlier in the year was doing 10-minute 10 minute journal writes, and sometimes I would just write, and other times I would use a prompt. And what I had been using for a prompt was this deck of cards called Writing Down the Bones Deck by Natalie Goldberg, author of writer of Writing Down the Bones. And she has these really, really often thought-provoking prompts and uh, that, that uh, you know, take you to different places. So uh, I had not written in my journal for uh, two almost two full months. And so this is the first journal entry that I decided to write. So I open it up and I'm up to card number 33. And the card says, in 15 minutes, write down everything you can name that will not last. Go, keep the pen moving. Okay, now again, I, I modify this to 10 minutes because I do 10 minute journal writings. So I see this prompt and my I start the timer and uh, I think to myself, okay, I mean, <laughs> I, I can see how to some people this would be a uh, a chiddush. You know, some people this would be a new point. But this is a theme I think about fairly often. You know, about the impermanence of things, whether from Stoicism or from uh, from Kohelis, uh, the Book of Ecclesiastes, which famously opens with a thesis Havel Havelim Amar Kohelis Havel Havelim Hakol Havel, which can be translated different ways, but. One of the translations from Sadigon and Ibn Ezra and Mahri Kra and others is uh, um, impermanence of impermanences, said Kohelis. Impermanence of impermanences, nothing is permanent or everything is impermanent. Um, Hevel literally means breath or vapor. And so the question is, you know, what, what is the what what quality of vapor is it? Is it uh, is this word uh, highlighting? And so so many of them say it's impermanence. So, you know, and I've, I've given lots of classes on this topic and I've thought about it a lot, but whatever. I, I trust uh, Natalie Goldberg's uh, exercises tend to be very fruitful. So I, I, I decided to start writing and naming it. And it's the naming it that gets you. <laughs> OK, just like in Mishle, you know, the whole the whole uh, premise of, 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 of Safer Mishle of the book of Proverbs is that that it's not that the ideas are so profound. It's that when they are brought down to a particular visceral level that affects the emotions, that's when real change happens. So I'm writing down and I, I'm not going to read what I, what I wrote, but like it, I mean, I, I spanned everything. I mean, I started off with actually with, with, with people, you know, with the people in my life and, you know, and my, you know, my mom and my dad and Rabbi Moskowitz and, you know, and, uh, you know, myself and, uh, you know, and, you know, uh, I went on, you know, with people. And then that was one category of things, you know, I, uh, at a certain point in the 10 minutes, I was, you know, realizing, looking around the room, you know, saying this pen, this, uh, this, this journal, uh, this computer, etc. And then that would lead to other thoughts, like realizing, you know, 
all my books, my apartment, my money, all my possessions, uh, and then getting into more abstract things about, you know, uh, my, <laughs> you know, uh, my feelings, my consciousness, uh, the version of me that exists in my mind, the version of me that exists in other people's mind, um, uh, you know, uh, my my body, every cell in my body, my brain, uh, the present moment, this breath, this breath, this breath, uh, you know, and it 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 just I don't know. It took me to an interesting place because I. Uh, on Shabbos, I've been talking with someone about my mezuzah experiment. Um, and the mezuzah experiment, I'll, I'll link uh, to the mezuzah experiment in the show notes. Basically, it involved this effort that I initiated actually almost a year ago, uh, not to the day, I guess 11 months ago. Uh, uh, and uh, I, yeah, actually, I'm not sure. I'm not sure the exact date. Sometime around this time last year. And the goal was to basically like set it up so that I would think about my mezuzah when I left the door. And so, um, so I was just talking to someone about that experiment and, uh, and I just recently reread that halacha in mezuzah. Okay. And I'm going to reread it again here. Uh, this is from the Rambam in the Mishnah Torah, Sefer Ava, uh, Hilchus Tefillin and Mezuzah Sefer Torah, uh, chapter six, halacha 13. Um, Chayav Adam lihizahir b'mezuzah. A person is obligated to be careful with mezuzah. Mipnei hichovas hakol tamid, because it is an obligation on everyone all the time. V'chol eis sheikanis v'yete, and and every time, every moment he enters and exits, yifka b'yichud shemol shel kadosh He will encounter the oneness of of God, the idea of, of God's oneness, which is inside the mezuzah. That it says Hashem echad. V'yizkor avaso, and he will remember his love, uh, the obligation to love God. Vijayor Mishinasa, and he will wake up from his sleep. Ushigyaso Bahavle Hazman, and his his uh being immersed in the the uh the temporal vanities. Vieda, and he will know Sha'in Sham Davar Haomid La Olam Ul Olam Ulmeolamim, Eliadias Surha Olam. And he will know that nothing lasts forever and ever and ever except for knowledge of the rock of eternity, knowledge of God. And immediately he will return to his mind. And he will walk on the paths of uprightness. The sages said, Anyone who has tefillin on his head and on his arm, and uh, tzitzis on his garment, and a mezuzah on his door, he will be um, assured, or he will be uh, uh, presumed that he will not sin. Because he has many reminders. And they are the... They themselves are the angels. These reminders are the angels that save a person from sinning. Shnemar, as it says, uh, The angel of Hashem encamps around those uh, uh, who fear him and uh, uh, and and uh, releases them or saves them. So, you know, so I was, I was thinking about that idea. And, you know, the Ramam says that nothing lasts forever except for knowledge of God. Now, I don't know what that means. You know, I accept it because I uh, have a basis for accepting the Torah from Sinai, you know, a rational basis for that. And it is one of the fundamentals of Torah that the soul has existence after death and that the part of the soul that exists after death is knowledge. I have no idea how that works. Okay. So I'm, I'm just taking that on, on the authority of the Torah um, for now uh, until I get to the point where I can understand it. But as I was writing down this list of things and all of these things that don't last, uh, then that thought of the mezuzah kept on coming to my mind. And the idea that, you know, the only thing that really does last is, is knowledge. And, and I mean, 
even if I don't know exactly how that works, I mean, just like the the notion that that uh, I don't know that the that what, what we call the truth, you know, the truths, the truths that that are uh, you know that 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 uh, we know that correspond to reality. I mean, those things will be true forever. And now, the wrong was saying more than just that they'll be true to, uh, forever. He's saying that they are actually like that that the soul that grasps them also lasts forever. But I don't know. I was just <laughs> I was. As I was writing this list, I was I was like repeatedly assaulted by the the recognition that like this thing I'm listing is not going to uh, is not going to last and this other thing is not going to last. But in the back of my mind is the fact that knowledge lasts and that the life that I'm building is a life built around the pursuit of knowledge, the learning and teaching and uh, and internalizing knowledge. And what it did is it what, what, what this process did is it had like this dissolving effect of realizing all these things that I stress out about and that I care about that are not going to last. And that's definitely what Marcus Aurelius is getting at uh, when he writes in his own journal about this. I mean, that's what he says explicitly. How then is he not a fool who gets worked up and carried away over these things, complaining as if they were enduring and troublesome? And, you know, I, I know that there's a, like a gut reaction to respond back to him and say, well, what do you mean? Like, I'm a fool. Like if, you know, yeah, sure. Money's not going to last forever, but if I don't, you know, if, if, if uh, I don't have enough money to like pay my bills, then that's going to affect my life. I don't think Marcus Aurelius would dispute that. Like, yes, you have to deal, you, you, you live in a physical world and you have to deal with the physical things. But I think what he, what, what this exercise does is, is it makes you, um, something about like, like contemplating the temporality of things does have this effect of of diminishing the stress and anxiety that can attach to them, even if at the end of the day you do have to deal with them. Um, and uh, and I don't know something about about going through this very very particularized list. And you know it, was, it wasn't just going through the list; it was because I hadn't written in this journal for two months. I actually had to flip through and uh, other past entries to find out when was the last time, what was the last Natalie Goldberg card that I wrote on. And as I'm flipping through, I'm seeing, I didn't want to read these uh, <laughs> these journal entries, but I'm seeing other things that I wrote about that were extremely stressful at the time, or I had fear and insecurity about, or elation about, and uh, and just realizing that those things, you know, those things felt so real and permanent at the time, and they have passed. And uh, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm trying something impossible here, which is I'm trying to convey to you the experience that I had from doing this exercise which was calculated to produce an experience that you can only do you know through the exercise so i guess i guess what i'm trying to do by telling by talking around my experience is to encourage you to try this on your own um and again the goal the goal is to keep your pen moving uh and and get as particular as possible and it's the effect of just like again the effect of naming it and just realizing how many things that you think about and are preoccupied with are not permanent, it chisels away at all these things and leaves standing like the things that our lives are built around built around that are important and that are that are that are lasting. And in that sense, this exercise served as kind of a re reverse mezuzah. You know, mezuzah focused on what lasts by highlighting it. You know, you you open the mezuzah and it talks about what lasts. And this exercise was like getting down on paper all the things that don't last. And so I think they complement each other really well. And I was actually, when I was looking for, you know, I knew I, I made an episode about 
this same excerpt from Marcus Aurelius. And when I looked up the episode, uh, guess what episode it was? It was the episode where I started the mezuzah, <laughs> the mezuzah experiment. So um, it ended up being really fitting. And I thought this was just a nice uh, a nice way to revisit that. And I wanted to share it while it was fresh in my mind. I just, I just finished the journal entry. So uh, I recorded this now. Okay, that is it for today's episode. If you've gained from what you've learned here today, um, then you've made a gain that will uh, last forever. Uh, and so, therefore, please contribu- consider contributing uh, to my Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Rabbi And, uh, you know, the money that you're contributing is not going to last forever, and neither will the Patreon, but it will be funding that which does last forever, which is knowledge. So that's a good investment, right? <laughs> Alternatively, if you'd like to make a direct contribution to the Rabbi Schneeweiss Torah Content Fund, my Venmo is at, at, my, is at Matt-Schneeweiss and my Zell and PayPal are MattSchneeweiss at gmail.com. Even a small contribution goes a long way to covering the cost of my podcast and will provide me with the financial freedom to produce even more Torah content for you. If you would like to sponsor a day's or a week's worth of content, or if you are interested in enlisting my services as a teacher or tutor, you can reach me at RabbiSchneeweiss at gmail.com. Thank you to my listeners for listening. Thank you to my readers for reading. And thank you to my supporters for supporting my efforts to make Torah ideas available and accessible to everyone.